I'm Mark Friend. And I'm Stefan Sivka. And welcome to Mostly Playing, a podcast about video games and stuff. Welcome to Mostly Playing, our new podcast. Uh, for those of you who may know us, we, well, me and my friend Mark here. Hello. There you go. I'm going to I'm gonna hog the mic for a minute. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, we used to run uh, a few podcasts in the past. So we started originally about three or four years ago with a friend of ours called Simon. And we found that we were, we were very sort of unfocused. Uh, it was a, a conversation really between three friends, which was very nice. And then me and Mark started Nerdrunners, which is where you may well have heard of us from, which was a semi-popular podcast <laughs> <laughs> dedicated to uh, the card game Netrunner. And while we had a lot of fun with that, um, we figured that it was too narrow. And after asking our audience, uh, we got a lot of feedback saying, you'd like to talk about some more interesting and diverse stuff. So here we are with Mostly Playing, a podcast about games and stuff, because we're both pretty big nerds, but we didn't just want to limit ourselves to video games, because that's how we got ourselves into <laughs> kind of a funk with Nerdrunners, I think. Yeah, I think so. funk is probably the best way to describe it. Like, we really, really enjoyed Netrunner for however many years we played it. But we, yeah, we just found it was just, there was other stuff we wanted to do and other stuff we wanted to talk about. So calling it Mostly Playing, super clever name, means we can talk about games and everything else. So, yeah. It, it, think about it, it's all the stuff you would do in your spare time. So we'll be talking about movies and TV and games, music potentially. I might have a bit about sport when, you know, rugby's good. Yeah, cooking. Do you like cooking? Cooking, yeah. That's weird that playing for me includes cooking, isn't it, really? There's going to be a big section on RPGs at some point, because I'm, I'm that nerd. So I want you to bring your dungeon masterness into, into the fold. It's all I can rely on when I do these podcasts, is, <laughs> is my, my inner, innate dungeon mastering skills. Uh, but yeah, for those of you who are new, welcome! Uh, thank you for tuning us to listen to. Hopefully you'll enjoy us! <laughs> Okay, so I guess since this is the first time some people may be listening to us, inaugural, most people will be listening, the inaugural, um, I guess we should probably introduce ourselves a little bit. So I'm Mark, I am a user researcher for PlayStation, so basically what I do day to day is I work on pretty much all the European first party Sony titles that they get to make, uh, and have a look at kind of basically trying to make them better really is the is the simplest way to to say that i guess so we're kind of looking at you know uh do people understand what to do where to go how difficult is the game is it confusing does it match what the designers intend obviously working quite closely with the european teams and stuff like that so yeah get to spend my days working on video games living the dream yeah i am immensely jealous uh i'm (laughs) steph i am a scientist by trade uh I've got around seven or eight years under my belt working in the pharmaceutical industry, but in my spare time, I pretty much just play games and write a lot. I do podcast recording with Mark. It's obviously a, a big, been a big part of my life actually for the last few years. Yeah, I mean um, we've we've I mean what, this would be our like fourth podcast since 2013, or first fourth podcast series we've done something like that. Oh yeah, we did do the very brief series of um, expansion. Pack, Expansion pack, yeah. 
Is this an expansion pack to expansion pack? Is this what I happened? think it might be, oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> We're getting very meta now, aren't we? <laughs> this is paid DLC that's on the disc. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. It's called, so that's called Capcom style. <laughs> Ooh, topical. Is that topical? <laughs> I don't even know anymore. Uh, but no, I've, I've always been fascinated with games and not just video games, but uh, board games. Oh, RPGs are a big passion of mine as well. Mm. Um, among other things, yeah. So I guess the the best way to start this <laughs> podcast, I suppose, would be with a... Mark, have you been playing something? Uh, what have I been playing? Um, what did I do? I've just started XCOM 2, actually. Now it's finally on uh, PS4. Uh, I was very close to buying it on PC. Um, Which is what I did. And may well still do at some point, because I own the original... I say the original XCOM. XCOM Enemy Unknown and Enemy Within on nearly every format. Anyway, so I was like, why not have XCOM you 2 have on everything? Uh, I know actually, tablet is one of the few things I don't have XCOM on. I have it, I have it on my, um, um, I had it on my Xbox, got it on my PlayStation, got it on my PC. I've got it on my Vita because um, I, it's it's becoming the new Tetris for me. Where by I pretty <laughs> much buy Tetris on everything because Tetris is amazing and possibly my favorite game and one of two video game tattoos I would potentially ever get in my life. Uh, the other one being the Triforce on my left hand. Um, it's, uh, any particular reason? Uh, what? I get Legend of Zelda is another one of those kind of... No, Tetris, I mean. Oh, Tetris. Legend of Zelda, that's, I know where that we, comes from. Yeah. I just, <laughs> like, what would uh, you get, like, tattoo-wise? What would you get on Tetris? Would you just uh, get a block? Yeah, well, I'd get, um, I'd basically, my, the, I'd not decide if it's left or right arm, but it'd be kind of like a sleeve up from, like, a wrist to elbow of uh, uh, just the Tetris blocks filled up, except for... Uh, one kind of line all the way down, kind of like the middle, and like the the four long blue block slowly falling down in that section to get Tetris. <laughs> that was going to cause you an inordinate amount of pain. I know <laughs> it's so intricate and all colours. Um, I, I don't know why I just, I'd, I'd like that tattoo, but I know I never follow through with it, and then immediately regret it if I did. Um, <laughs> but back to XCOM. Uh, no, yeah, I've just started XCOM two. It's really good uh, and hard <laughs> it's amazing how not playing XCOM for a while leaves you so terrible at XCOM and I'm just making stupid decisions and I'm only about three or four missions I think I'm at the first I'm at the first mission where you have to save some civilians um, while they're getting just destroyed by sectoids yeah uh, and yeah I think I, I, <laughs> I forgot that I wasn't playing Iron Man so I'm kind of safe scumming this a little bit uh, it went really badly for me, and I lost a bunch of people. And then one of my machine gun, uh, my heavy machine gunners, got mind controlled. And then I was just like, "No, this this mission has gone really badly for me." Um, so like, I, I kind of we'll, quit we'll, that one. We'll pretend that this is just a dream sequence. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I absolutely I adored uh, XCOM Two simply because uh, it changed the formula so greatly. Yeah. And that focus on guerrilla warfare, which was. A, a grand twist to because the trouble is with XCOM I played Enemy Unknown and then I played Enemy Within and it works yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're, they're great games don't get me wrong but like by the end of having bought it twice essentially um, <laughs> I was kind of like well you know I know what XCOM is and the fact that now you you have to move around you can't just stay in one place you have to move to get bonuses you have to uh, it's that always mobile way of doing it and it took me a while yeah. to realise especially with some missions and I think this piece of advice I gave you the other night yeah. which is if you, if something's going south just run Like it doesn't matter you aren't going to win just book it 
get to the extraction zone. If the civilians look like they're dead, they're probably dead. Yeah. It's better to save your team and lose like a little bit of faith than it is to, you know, lose the entire mission and your entire team. Yeah. I mean, even even the <clears throat> the um concealment, the fact that you start kind of unknown to the the aliens is a, a huge thing as well. Oh yeah. Cuz that's always annoyed me in, in in games where it's just kind of like I call it player one syndrome, just like the enemy just knows to attack you straight away, they know where you are and they're just coming for you, regardless of any other, anything else that might be happening in the game. But the fact you just start off and you can kind of set your guys up and go kind of set up the perfect ambush and then you kind of shoot a dude and they kind of turn around and then just like your other three guys on Overwatch just kind of come in and start shooting everyone else who starts moving around and you just kind of take out a bunch of guys really quickly the only downside is I kind of wish... I don't know if this is something that happens later, but I kind of wish that if you were able to kind of silently take out a group of of the aliens, that, that you'd kind of remain concealed for a little while longer. If you could kind of do that perfect kind of if, almost splinter cell kind of style or clear a room, but, you know, I'm still a ghost kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, if, if that was an option, <clears throat> I never found it. Um, but my, one of my favorite things to do was like I, um, I leveled up because I named all my characters after my friends. So our good friend Tom, he was a hacker <laughs> of in course. every game I play, um, and like leveling him up to the point where he'd, like, everyone get into an overwatch position on a bridge, and he just send his little drone dude down to turn all the turrets to the to fight the enemies. <laughs> <laughs> it's like right, kill everyone. It doesn't matter. Just gun an entire street down, and then uh, you you were wandering around with this, this massive cleaver, <laughs> just running like ha! Ah! I finally snapped. <laughs> yeah, just snapped, cutting snake people in half. <laughs> Oh, the new enemy types I think were great as well. Just that changed it, it, it makes you. That's what I like about it. Come to it, made you think about space as a puzzle as opposed to something you had to move, stop, Overwatch, move, stop, Overwatch, move, stop, yeah. Overwatch. It was sort of like a. If I get them up here, it means I have sight lines over here, which means I can see. They might not be able to see me, which means I can find more things. So if I don't round a corner, I'm not just going to walk into an enemy awareness zone. Which can royally fuck you if you just round the corner and there are like four dudes there and you're like, oh my god, I accidentally clicked on the red square. Why have I done this? <laughs> it's the equivalent of just like just you turning around like, oh, I'm sorry, I oh. <laughs> See, I'm uh, maybe about yeah, like three or four missions in at the moment, but yeah, really enjoying it so far, and I can see this is going to take up a lot of my time to the point where I uh, <laughs> this this afternoon downloaded all the DLC for it because I was like, yeah, I'm going to be playing a lot of this in, in the next few weeks. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm hoping I'll kind of get into the swing of it a bit more because at the moment it feels kind of a, a bit of a slog right now. But I think again, that's maybe kind of very thematic because you are the gorillas, you are kind of fighting from the shadows. Um, but I don't know; it doesn't feel quite as as breezy as X, as I remember XCOM being. But I guess maybe it was never as breezy, and it's uh, I'm just kind of misremembering it in a way. But it feels yeah, like a lot of enemies now. I, I think I think the problem I have is that. I remember sectoids as being these little pushovers, and they're not anymore. And they have like <laughs> no, no, now that now two and a half it's... times more health than they used to, and they panic my people, they disorientate my people. Um, I mean, I know they were a bit kind of mind controlling before, but now it's just oh, fucking pissed me got off. Mean, they, they, <laughs> they like... got very mean. Oh hey, you remember you remember those things that you just managed to dick on, and the only thing <laughs> we did really in the later game was give them more health. Well, enjoy this. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really uh, looking forward to playing some more of that, and it just, I, I think what I'll do at some point is I'll record like an Iron Man playthrough for it, so, oh, <laughs> but I, cause it's been a long time since I've done Iron Man in XCOM, and, but I, I think I kind of want to complete the game first, just to make sure that I can, you know, <laughs> actually play it. Yeah. 
I oh I mean I yeah I'd like to do that. I'd like to be there and watch you fail in the, like the third mission. Everyone's <laughs> dead. <laughs> I did I did um my first two missions I lost a person each time. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and I kind of felt like the heartbreak because well, the first <laughs> the first mission that I lo- um, outside of the training, uh, and I lost someone because I completely forgot that after a certain number of turns, things on fire explode. Uh, so I, <laughs> I had one of my troops cowering behind or cowering, uh, taking cover behind a car. Cowering and, is the right word. <laughs> yeah, I think probably in this instance. Uh, yeah, they were uh, behind the car. The car was on fire, and uh, they'd been there a turn the car had been on fire three turns and then yeah it exploded before they could uh so there was literally just a, a one stop over by the car until they could move to better cover on the next turn <laughs> but yeah they uh they they died um and then the next mission i had someone um how did uh oh yeah they were replaced by uh claudia van damme which was just i wanted to keep them alive <laughs> purely for the name because i thought that was amazing that nice. you know my, my first Rookie gets replaced by Van Damme. I'm like, Van Damme has to survive, but unfortunately, they were the only one to to perish in the second mission. Um, I did, uh, yeah, I, I got into a very bad. Well, the, my problem there was I misunderstood the objective, so that I had to secure one of like these data link things. But I thought I had to kind of go over and do something to it because that's what I had to do in the previous mission. I had to kind of go and hack something. But I hadn't realised you just kind of have to make sure it just survives and no one blows it up. So I kind of had split up my troops and one of them had gone over to the data area and then the other two were kind of a bit ambushed. Well, my my sniper did really well from bridge far away. (laughs) Kind of a little bit ambushed. Um, Yeah, reinforcements dropped in to... Because they were in cover from where um, where the original enemy troops were but then the reinforcements came in from the side and like just had flanked me straight away so I was like oh fuck so yeah that was uh, that didn't go well for Van Damme unfortunately oh dear yeah but uh, it's, it's it's such a good game and I uh, just yeah I, I'm going to sing so much time into it I'm, I'm, there's going to be probably many XCOM 2 stories from here on out but I'll uh, I'm kind of glad that I waited for it to be on uh, on PS4 but equally I can imagine I'll probably just end up getting it on PC at some point anyway just so that just because you know, I can and Steam will probably have it on sale before too long and then when it's inevitably released on everything else I'll be like ooh I'll buy XCOM 2 for that so I can play it again <laughs> um, but no yeah it's, it's such a good game how about you what have you been uh, what have you been playing oh well um, so you may or may not know I'm a recovering uh, World of Warcraft holic um, <laughs> I was there when the, the game first came out I was one of the original players I've had the same four le- four character name <laughs> from the very beginning as a druid and um, so yeah recently some friends of mine they were like oh well you know we really want to get into World of Warcraft I was like guys guys please don't get me back into it it's like oh no but you can you can really help us out it's like if you, you, if you, if you play with me I said we're going to have to do this together and you can't just leave me on my own. So guess what happened? <laughs> uh, so what I've been doing is playing Legion, the new World of Warcraft expansion, mainly on my own, uh, which is... I always find it very funny. Like I always have a lot of fun playing massively multiplayer games just on my own. Uh, I don't know why. <laughs> it's I used to be part of guilds and all that jazz, but really now I'm kind of wandering around as a max level legacy gear, what well, legacy gear kind of thing. It's kind of... I've got really good gear. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's been yeah, it's been a nice, a nice kind of a nice little break into back into Azeroth, really. So you know, it's possibly I would say this is one of the best expansions uh, World of Warcraft has ever had. 
with Legion. Uh, so, so what does Legion do new then? Because I've kind of I dipped uh, into World of Warcraft a little bit, but kind of never made it out of the starting area. So, I mean, it's, I'm trying to think. It's hard to separate out what's charged, charged, changed, changed from vanilla because the because I started playing vanilla when it was like all just new systems and Cataclysm came, change, came and changed the entire world. Uh, Legion has a new area for level 100 to 110. Um, you get uh, class holds, which is where it's a special area dedicated to your particular class. So I'm a druid, so I have this cool. It's it's pretty awesome actually. So um, oh my god, I'm gonna, this is going to be me nerding out for a while. Uh, so <laughs> it, uh, the Emerald Dream links all the places on Azeroth, and you get to jump into this place, which has portals, different places in Azeroth, different places uh, in the world, which means you can bounce between them, and also the class hold, which is just a nice area where druids go to hang out, and you have. Like, Dru- like Druid Summer Camp. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like Druid Carbo. Like it's uh, <laughs> it's Copaca Druid. Um, uh, the, the Druid martinis and uh, Druid margaritas, yeah. and he's kind of chilling. Um, the quests are actually less now about gathering like six wolf buttholes or something like that. It's all <laughs> my favorite quest. It's, it's 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 a lot of it is like kill X number of things, and the drop rate on things is much improved compared to. Uh, Warlords of Draenor, which was the last expansion, which introduced sort of uh, followers and missions you could send on, uh, send them on so to get more items and things like that. Uh, the coolest thing that they've done is artifact weapons. So uh, throughout World of Warcraft history, there have been several artifacts that have come forward, sort of like um, Light, Lightbringer. Yeah, Lightbringer is one of them. Um, and these weapons you can now get and level them up alongside your character. So you always have like a brilliant weapon. So at level 100, you tend to have gear that kind of hangs around. It, it's, it doesn't change much. You're unlikely to get stuff once you've maxed stuff out that is any better. So say you go and do raiding or dungeons, you're going to get decent gear from that, and it's unlikely that anything you pick up in the world is going to be better. Okay. One of the cool things you've done is with these weapons, you go on a quest to get your artifact, um, which gives you a bit of story about them. So I've got two daggers, which are like the claws of... <laughs> But they level up and do more damage when my druid's in cat form, and it gives me bonuses, which is quite nice. Um, The story's actually pretty good as well, uh, because the Burning Legion are back, which is a big thing that hasn't really been around since the Burning Crusade expansion, really. I mean, they're always around. It's kind of a weird, like, look, I mean, I can talk for hours about (laughs) World of Warcraft, I really could, because I've played it for so long, and uh, I do the thing I usually do when one uh, massively multiplayer games has gone to a role-playing server, because one, the people tend to be a bit nicer, uh, and I found that it'd be more helpful too. I can't really stand PvP because... <laughs> it, well, I can't stand it because it just reminds me of original WoW, where you just have a rogue just sitting on your corpse waiting for you to respawn and then stabbing you again. It's like, there's no point in killing me. There's literally no point. It's, it's all about griefing at that point. Um, and... The, the crowd I, I find on role-playing servers tends to be a bit older, so they tend to have you know less time because they've got either families or friends and other things they've got to do. Yeah. Uh, and you know they're more than happy to spend... If they're, they're more understanding if you have to leave in the middle of a dungeon or if you have to do X, Y, Z. Because you know, you're a grown-up and you've got shit to do. <laughs> um, so do you think it's... Um... You know, you keep playing. You think it's, a, you know, I mean, compared to like the other expansions, you think this is kind of look, a, I, one of the good ones. You see, the thing is, like, I I complain a lot about World of Warcraft, but I've played every expansion. I will keep going back to it because it's, it's a game that I know well. It's um, so like imagine if 
one of the things we've been doing recently, The Witcher 3. Yeah. So we spent we both spent a lot of time in that world, both of it. But imagine if like every year, two years, three years, they're just like, hey, here's like another 30 hours of stuff, just go nuts. And it just expands the world, it gives you more stuff and more story and more the characters get better looking, like the cutscenes get better, there's more drive behind it. Yeah. And you actually start to feel like your character's a hero, which is, you know, compared to most games where you most MMOs where you start to be like, Oh hey, I'm the hero and that guy's 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 the hero. That's what really bugged me about Destiny when the um in, in vanilla yeah. Destiny where it'd be like wow, you are the first person in a thousand years to open this vault. You are a legend. And there'd be like three of the people just jumping around in the background <laughs> who's also just opened it, yeah. And the, the thing that I like a bit is like, yes, there is, there is a bit of that in in World of Warcraft, but now like the cutscenes that say, hell, hey, you are the Archdruid. Well, that is, it's instanced for me. So yeah. only they, only I can see, oh, I am the Archdruid. I'm the only one who can see these this group of NPCs who I know quite well coming along saying, oh, hey, you've done really, really fucking well. We will actually follow you through the entirety of this quest because you are cool. just one of the best in the world. It, it's the truth totally, about it. Finally getting the recognition you deserve. Oh, it's... It, well, you know what? It is... It feels like that a little bit because it's like, yeah, I've been playing this for fucking ever. Like, it's really... <laughs> the, only, the only problem I have with it is it, it doesn't really do anything for new people. So obviously when you buy the game, you can buy the expansion as well and it gives you an instant level up to 100, which is really cool. Yeah. And they put in a training mission. But so much of the stuff is story-driven and character-driven, it, it's rough to get into. So I'll tell you, like, the first thing that happens is like, if you're in the Alliance, which is what I am because it's uh, <laughs> you know who you are, people. We all made a choice when we started this game. We're going to have tusks, fine. Keep them away from me. Um, one of the things is you go and assault the Broken Shore, which is where the Burning Crusade is coming from, or Burning Legion is coming from. And it's like, oh, you're following King Varian Rin, and da da But if you're started that, you have no idea who that is. Like, you don't know his story, yeah. you don't know where he's come from. I mean, this is a character who wasn't there in the original, and he had this big storyline about how he'd been... Oh, uh, you know, I'm going to spoil it, because you, you you can find out this about this stuff easy enough. He was taken by an evil dragon, he was split in half with one personality in one body and the other personality in the other, and, like, the meek personality was put on the throne, and the strong personality was, like... I think he was a gladiator, he was, like, drowned or something, like, lost in the sea, and he became a gladiator, and something on those lines. <laughs> But he came back and then he became a real person again. You had to kill that dragon. Oh, it was just nuts. <laughs> and you just don't know a lot of these things. Like, turning up, it must be rough to be a level 100. But then the, the alternative is starting from level 1, which isn't, it's not difficult to do. Like, leveling at this point is really quite nice and quite oh, easy. really? What makes it so easy? Well, they've, they've tinkered with experience. So, you know, you rocket up levels. You don't have to do all the quests. The quests have been revamped with Cataclysm. So, it's not it's not as much of a pain in the dick to to level up like things are interesting unlike in the original world where it was like hey collect like 10 wolf meat and the drop rate is like 0.5 so it's like every other wolf you kill gives you one meat and that like takes up 10 minutes like oh hey you've got like half a bar of experience now level one and a half and it's it's kind of yeah a bit like that but now there are sort of instant things where you are flying around in a blimp and dropping bombs on things and that's quite <laughs> well it's just different it's different and that's the main thing it's what keeps it interesting and there is a reason that World of Warcraft still yeah. if you compare it to any other RPG compared to unlike I don't know you can't really compare Final Fantasy 14 the new what, revamped version of it to, yeah it's a different entirely yeah and that, that's also very good we should play that at some point I think it's free to play alright but then you should also go into World of Warcraft so I'm not on my own um <laughs> 
download it now. <laughs> I think I have it somewhere on my computer. Like I, said, I tried it at one point. Um, I, I definitely, I'd like to do a video of well, telling you my second around? experience, but well, because the um, my my friend Nick and I, we thought we're finally going to get into World of Warcraft, and this was what like five years ago or something like that <laughs> and we both we both downloaded it we've we both played um i chose to be a human knight paladin person a guy oh, with the, a paladin sword the class, yes. um, guy with the sword, yeah. the sword. and i think he was some kind of orc and we we didn't realize that oh no, maybe no i think no i think he was a dark elf or something like that. an elf something yeah. i don't know basically the point is that start in the same place exactly yeah so we're both wandering yeah. around our, our home hub worlds trying to work out where each other are uh, each other is or isn't uh, and then we realized oh crap okay right uh, and then we thought then i kind of continued playing for like 10 minutes and i just got completely lost had no idea where to go what to do and i thought well i'm done with this now and i've not been back <laughs> since so I'd, uh, I'd, I would kind of like to go back and just kind of give it a fair fair attempt, just to see... I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm always happy to come back to the starting areas. I'll make a new character, like, I don't care. But I've, yeah. I've got so many of them. <laughs> um, and, yeah, you know, it, it's, it'd be cool. I mean, you can be any any kind of race you want and any kind of thing. I mean, like, I've, I've pretty much exclusively played Alliance, which is the, the humans and the dwarves and the gnomes and stuff, mainly because I just prefer the character models for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, I mean it's it's still it's still fun. It's still fun for me. It's still that compulsive. They they nailed it with, you know, the the amount of loot you get, with the drive to go through it. If you wanna things, if you wanna invest time in it, you can do. If you you can invest a bit of money in it and get like level ups if you really want to, you know, it, it's and it would be nice to go back and see. I mean, because I started like I said, started a new characters with. My, old, my group of friends, and they'll just say, "Yeah, we'll carry on." And then I said, "Well, really, you want to get out of vanilla? You want to get into Burning Crusade?" And then to, once you get once you get to level sixty, you're out of the main world, and you go to like sectioned off areas, and then you go to the Burning Crusade expansion, which is this whole. Uh, it's a, from the lore. It's, it's a planet that's been destroyed. Uh, but then you go through to Ice Crown, and then you go to Pandaria. Is that next, or is it Cataclysm next? I can't remember. One, one, two, one. Um, but yeah, there's lots of different sort of areas that you can go through and that are built for that, that specific 10 levels. So all new quests, all new story, and that's when it gets really interesting. Okay, it does actually sound quite good going to the different... different. I mean, that's why I like Destiny, because even even though it was kind of very shallow, it was still kind of good, because you needed the Earth, you did, you know, Russia, you then went to the Moon, then you go to what... Like Mars than Venus, and yeah. you know, you're always kind of hopping just between the, the the planets, and kind of yeah, kept it quite interesting. Uh, so yeah, I mean yeah, I mean I'd, I'd happily go through it with you, but that's that's what I've been playing a lot of recently. Um, like I say, also been I recently wrapped up The Witcher Three, which we're going to have a longer talk about at a later date because we yes we've both got <laughs> we've both got feelings about it, and they're not terrible feelings. I think we're both in agreement, but. Yeah. It, it requires more than a single podcast, so we'll pre- probably be doing a spoiler cast on it or whatever we're going to call it, where we'll yeah, actually just, talk in depth about the story and yeah, just kind of a nice discussion about kind of what we thought. I mean, I, I checked my clock and I think I was about 170 hours when I finally wrapped. Wow, so that is, that's impressive. Yeah, I, I finished it and I'm still considering starting a new game plus. Oh, really? Yeah, just because it was like ah, oh, yeah, I've got things I could do, <laughs> but nah, I, I probably won't, I've got so much more to play, stuff I just don't pay any attention to. Yeah. I still I still haven't even, like, after the first week of playing, I haven't really picked up No Man's Sky since 
Um, which, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. That was that was a game. Should we talk about No Man's Sky for a bit? I don't. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, let's do let's do a quick people, chat. On no people Sky. have bounced around opinions of that, and yes, you know, a lot of the stuff is. People are very angry. For some reason, people are really angry. It seems to be like the internet's a new hate pinata, and and they're just bashing it. It just like even the even the subreddit got closed down the other day. Well, it's the mo- one of the most refunded games in Steam history, isn't it? I think. I think Possibly that was a, something a stat like that, that came out. Uh, and the thing is, like, I understand where they're coming from because a lot of stuff was promised about this game, and a lot of it could be down to hype, sure. But then there were actual sentences that, oh, what's the guy's name? I can never remember. It's Sean Murray. That's it, Sean Murray. That actually actively came out and said, "Oh, it's going to have this, 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 this," and it just turned out to be not true. And whether or not that's you know, he was just you know pulling a Molyneux, as it has become known <laughs> in my circles, uh, it's it still makes him look kind of dicky. And the trouble is with with No Man's Sky, it's a really I've said it time and time again, it's a really shallow pool. Like it's huge, yeah. but there's very little depth there. It's like you you take a look at the systems, you're like, it's not, it's just not a good set of systems. Like it's it's a it's not a very good shooter, despite the fact it's got shooting mechanics. It's not a very good exploring game, despite the fact that it's exploration. There's barely any trading involved. It's it's. I know it's meant to feel empty, and you know he's come out and said, oh, it's not a game for everyone. It's a game to just sit down and chill out with. But really. A lot of people are just bored. Like, I, there are games I go back to, sit down and chill out with. So, Journey is one. Yeah. Which is a game I play over and over again. Uh, <clears> Mini <throat> Ninjas, which I own for years and maintain. It's so game. weird you said. Like, I, for some reason today, I was thinking about Mini Ninjas. Mini Ninjas is an amazing game. Wildly it was in the great. It was amazing. Um, but that's a game that was really chilled out. But there was stuff to do, and that's the problem. It's like, yes, you can sit there. And it's like, like you look at Minecraft, where it's like there's no goal. There is now, but there wasn't really originally. But yeah. it gave you a set of tools and something that was addictive. It was a construction tool. Whereas the problem with I find with No Man's Sky is that yes, hype causes issue, but really the game isn't. There's nothing there. But it, I passed the first dip into it. It's like, hey, this is how this game works. You're going to be doing this for sixty hours. Go. If that, I mean. I mean, you make a good. I don't want this podcast to turn into just a list of videos that we are promising to do. But I, I have started writing the script for this. But um, <laughs> the, the the problem that I oh and oh, I should do the disclosure thing, shouldn't I? Yes, I worked on No Man's Sky for a bit. Yeah, you yeah, really should, own, yeah. own opinions, cool. Um, <clears throat> so I don't have to do that because I don't work <laughs> for a company. <laughs> um, so yeah, the the problem is it's kind of set itself up as like a discovery game. But the procedural pool that it's pulling from is so shallow that you're discovering the same things within a very short space of time. So all the animals look the same. All the planets look the same. Every outpost is the same. And just there's there's no kind of... There's no difference in what you're finding. So the repetition becomes... It's more prominent because you see it so... I mean, if... If maybe every seventh planet had something very similar on it, you'd kind of forgive that because you have those planets in between. But because yeah. it's literally every planet has the same structures on it, it has the, you know, the same, basically the same creatures on it. It has the same, like, every planet has just like shards of plutonium coming up. Like, I was kind of expecting that 
I, I mean, I understand why they did it from a design point of view in terms of like learnability. So you know that you know you always get zinc from a plant that looks like that, and you always get silicon from a plant that looks like that, and plutonium's always red spikes. And but it makes it feel like liter- again, it makes it feel like literally every planet is the same, rather than having some kind of unique differences to how the plants and the animals look and work. Everything is just the same, and it feels like it's almost like. <laughs> more more like a multiverse than a universe. Like every planet is just kind of a slightly different version of the one you run before. Yeah, and it's I don't know. It, it's you can you can see the procedural generation in it, and that that's what winds me winds me up. They made this whole big deal. It's like oh, you'll never see the same thing, blah, blah, blah. but what you'll see is a slightly different shaded version of the same thing, constantly, every yeah. single time. Like. It's like, oh, hey, this planet has no animals, but look at all these plants. Well, all these plants I've seen are have been here before. They've been here for ages. And, um, yeah. It's just... Oh. It's a shame. It just, I was yeah, really excited yeah. about it. and as It's a game I'm happy I own, because I'm happy I own this piece of... Essentially, it's a piece of history, because as yeah. a, the mechanics of it, it's really good. But other, other than that, it's kind of like, eh... Yeah, it's just, it's, like, I had a really good time on the first planet when it was all kind of, <clears throat> I mean, disregarding the fact that I played it before, but I had a really good time on the first planet because everything was new and exciting, And but then, like, after maybe, I think we spent like six hours on, on the starting planet, and then you kind of go to the next planet, and it's just kind of, again, a bit more of the same, and then you kind of explore the next system, and it's just more of the same, and then, yeah, just, the, the longer I played the game, the less interested i became and you know I, I got i've got to the point now where i'm just just i jump to the next system just in order to get to my goal i'm just just following the atlas path constantly yeah, not, I'm, like, I, no. I, I don't care about renaming stuff i don't care about visit like before i was like you know very religiously visiting every planet and trying to you know catalog as many creatures as i could and, and then it's just it's it's it is very much a uh, you know you know it's been there done that kind of game it's just you kind of eventually just want to move on and kind of do something more interesting. And that, yeah, I don't know if that's the thing. Like, like you say, good time on the first planet, okay time on the second planet. Third planet, I was like, okay. Fourth planet, I was like, oh my god. And I then think... I, I, I found like the uh, the list to like the, the the way to the Atlas station. I was like, okay, I'll get to that Atlas station. Great. And then from there, I was just like, well, where do I have to go next? And I looked at the map and I was like, Oh, for fuck's sake, like, genuinely. I was just like, for fuck's sake, I'm going to go that far. Yeah, it's just... I don't know, it just feels, yeah, like... I, I think I'd rather them have created yeah. almost, like, a very unique solar system and then you just experience that one solar system and then maybe everyone has a slightly different solar system, but it's your solar system. Yeah. That may be... I don't know, that's just a personal preference thing, but... Cool. Um, so something. Let's 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 pick this up. Let's go to a, a happier note now. Happy um, note. Um, I've just started playing Tomb Raider because it's finally come out on PlayStation. Wow! It's year of exclusivity to Xbox One. And how um, was I'd that? completely forgotten that it was coming out on PlayStation until I saw it in the store yesterday. So <laughs> um, no, it's really good. It's um, it started off very very similar to um, the last Tomb Raider. Um, the uh, the one that came out a couple of years ago, it's yeah, it's kind of that that kind of big kind of set PC opening, and now I'm kind of in a small wooded area, and I'm shooting <laughs> deers with arrows, and <laughs> so it's, so it's like the original Tomb Raider, but the original Tomb Raider. 
<laughs> this is the way you have to get really annoyed because they keep renaming game, rebooting games. Tomb Raider 2013. Well, whatever it's the... called. You know what I mean. Yes. Like the, the last... The, the last Crystal Dynamics Tomb Raider. Yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's kind of started out very much the same, but it's it's just good. It's Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I'm, I'm only maybe about two hours into the game so far, but uh-huh. yeah, I'm, I've forgotten how... Uh, how nice it is to play a game where you uh, you can find items in the world that then show you where the collectibles are. Wow. So I'm, I've been kind of growing tired of constantly having to use like guides to kind of find all the collectibles because I don't often have the luxury of being able to kind of sit through a game a second time, especially if it's a 30, 40 hour experience. Yeah. And I obviously want to try and get all the collectibles because you know half the time they give you XP or they unlock something cool or they just get you a trophy and trophies are nice. Um, <laughs> But the uh, it's yeah, yeah you, you can find... tell the difference in our opinion considering you've got like ninety seven percent of your trophies and I've got like twelve. <laughs> it's like I don't care anymore. <laughs> there are some games where I just kind of think, uh, well, like I played through um, Black Ops Three recently and I just kind of thought I'll get all the campaign ones and I'll get the collectibles. Uh, I'm not touching multiplayer. I just can't do that. Um, so I have like I think thirty one percent of the trophies. Oh, yeah. uh, of, of like everything total so it's like a bit disappointed with that very low score but it's like yeah I don't care um, but no yeah so it's, I'd forgotten how nice it is to just kind of not have to sit with like YouTube open on my tablet or my laptop next to me kind of trying to see where the next one is and I, I in a way because I did that with Uncharted 4 that was the last kind of story game that I kind of really cared about that I did it for and it to an extent kind of ruined playing through the game a little bit and I kind of wished I hadn't done it for a kind of very big narrative experience um, like Uncharted, and it's it's nice to just kind of with Tomb Raider, just kind of be in the game and wander around and try and find things myself, and then find the map eventually. Kind of after you know twenty minutes of ex- fully exploring the environment, rather than just kind of literally knowing exactly which bush to look behind to find the shiny shiny. <laughs> uh, now I can just kind of, and it's kind of opened that sense of discovery up again. And it's yeah, I, I've missed that. I mean, I've just um, on a slightly related note. Uh, played through Virginia a second time this morning to do uh-huh. the collectibles run. A second, the, is, it, um, is it worth playing a second time? Um, well, Other than it's, just it's collectibles. Well, you do get there is a trophy for actually just playing it a second time. I think they they really I think the design team really want you to kind of I think their intention was you play through it once to do just a story run and then to to extra incentivize doing a second playthrough. There is a trophy for playing through it a second time. Okay. Um, but I mean, in terms of narrative, it's good to kind of go back and kind of pick up on the stuff that you missed, or because the thing about Virginia, um, the potentially a spoiler, because I didn't know about this until I okay. heard it on a podcast. But there's no spoken dialogue in the game at all. It's oh, all just okay. um, it's all kind of uh, visuals and um, diegetic sounds, and obviously people emoting. And you kind of and there's like text to read on the screen, so you like you'll see newspapers or flyers and stuff like that, and there's kind of story encased in that. So yeah, I'd say it's kind of worth playing through a second time because there is some stuff that makes more sense the second time you see it, and the endings definitely kind of could be interpreted a couple of ways, not in the same kind of way that inside can be interpreted, but there's definitely I think maybe two or three ways you could take the ending and kind of think playing through it the second time. I think definitely made me lean towards one interpretation more than the other one but okay. um, but yeah I mean I, I kind of sat through this morning playing uh, Virginia a second time and kind of going through hunting the collectibles and I think if I'd done that on the first run especially with it being a narrative game would have absolutely ruined it and so I think just being able to do the kind of 
yeah, having the... Cause I remember in, um, I think it was Assassin's Creed 2 that had it, where you, f- you collected 50 of the feathers. It then just went, all right, here's the other 50, they're on the map. Yeah. And I think that was also a nice way of kind of doing the collectibles as well. It's just kind of... It's like, it oh, you're you... looking for collectibles? Here you go. <laughs> yeah, it's, it kind of rewards you for finding some of the collectibles. And I think far too frequently in games now, the collectibles are just there to get you a trophy for finding all of them and pad out the game. <laughs> and I don't know, I just... I'm getting increasingly frustrated by the fact that I... Because obviously I want to get as much... See as much of the content as I can on a single playthrough or or as... Uh, uh, within as many or as few playthroughs as possible. And there's nothing more frustrating than kind of missing a couple of collectibles and thinking you have to play through the entire thing again because they're only saved to a playthrough rather than a profile. Um, but it's just nice to be able to kind of wander around and, and kind of find collectibles that mean stuff within the story and in Tomb Raider they get your XP and then you spend those, that XP on your skill points and they make you better. So it kind of all folds in on itself and it's kind of a nice... Yeah, I'm really enjoying it so far. I've just had to fight a bear and that was a tough fight. <laughs> well, I'd hope so. I mean, like, <laughs> if I tried to fight a bear, I mean, jeez, I'd be like dead in 30 seconds. So, hey, bear. And then I'm dead. It's just like, that's the sound of a bear crushing me. I thought, I thought you said you could take most animals in a fist fight. I could take any animal in a fist fight. So I didn't say I'd win. <laughs> <laughs> but you definitely stand your ground. Yeah. Uh, that was weird. <laughs> uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, right. Moving off the game stuff very briefly. Yeah. Uh, I tell you what we've both kind of been watching recently, and that's Luke Cage. Um, mm-hmm. Which is the next instalment in the Netflix Marvel TV universe thing that's kind of linked to the films or at least recognises them um, I think that's probably the best way to put it yeah it's kind of a, it's kind of a weird like it's, a, it's own contained system and it's dealing with sort of not B-list characters but less sort of famous characters so we've had Daredevil which is um, I maintain the fight scene in Daredevil season 1 episode 3 is the best you mean the corridor fight scene. Yeah, everyone everyone who's watched it knows the <laughs> corridor fight scene where he just looks tired. It's that it's at the end of it where he's just like, Oh man, like <laughs> and, and as someone who did reenactment for a long time, fighting for thirty seconds is hard. Like fighting for a, a long time, you're not you're not really built for that unless you really, <laughs> really train. Um But yeah, then uh, so Daredevil and Jessica Jones, which was sorry, I'll say that again, uh, better Jessica Jones. Uh, which was um, sort of a an interesting take on it had dealt a lot with abuse and some themes that were I think it dealt with it quite well personally yeah uh, and sort of mental health around that and happy. I was quite surprised at how how kind of deep and dark it got around around those yeah. kind of issues of relate but, uh, like spousal uh, abuse almost and it, and it's the kind of thing it's like yeah you look at it and you could make fun of it but you could also bring to light certain things and that's quite nice you know especially with you know, a, an enemy who has the power to make you do anything. You know, what would that do to a person? You know, how would yeah. you? You're aware of what you're doing, and you're you're not happy about it, but you can't fight it. And that's you know, that's the interesting thing. Um, yeah. And yeah, dealing with things, stuff like PTSD, and anyway, it has some masterful casting in, in it as well. Um, but yeah, uh, Luke Cage, which as he turned up in Jessica Jones, and for those of you who aren't aware, Luke Cage is. Uh, He's very much a, a. His original character in the comics is very much a sign of the times. Like he was a black guy in the seventies, and it was very black exploitation cinema yeah. or things like that, which is 
it's not cool. Like we we just go out on the record. So that's not cool. <laughs> like if it, if it's made and it's made aware of the fact. So like um, there's a film Black Dynamite which apes black exploitation cinema so well, um, and it's it's comedy, but it is just you're aware it's taking the piss. But in this, it's nice to see uh, a character as Luke Cage, which was a very throwaway sort of black stereotype guy, to be given this new lease on a very quiet, very thoughtful hero. And it's it's a nice role model to have, actually. Yeah. And I say this as a white man, obviously, I don't have any, <laughs> any concept of what it's like. But you, know, you, you look at TV and you see a lot of like the most prominent black artists tend to be either very bombastic or cocky or just downright, you know, abusive or whatever to the opposite sex or whatever. Um, but the, the, can I, see, I can't remember the, the actor's name. Um, uh, it's Mike Coulter. He's, he's really good. He's like, genuinely yeah. and surprisingly menacing, which I like as well. Not meant to be, but he just has that way about him. It's, it's his physical presence. He kind of dominates the room. Yeah. And he, he plays this sort of respectful, He's a good guy. Like that's primarily what Luke Cage is. He's a good yeah. guy. He's capable. Yeah, I, I love of... the fact that they they reinforce the swear jar in in the first <laughs> few episodes. Well, that's the thing. Like, he doesn't swear. He doesn't drink coffee. He's just a just a guy. And I I love. I know, I read an interview uh, with the actor about um, how because uh, Luke Cage's catchphrase is "Sweet Christmas," which yeah. is which is such a. It's almost like again. It's it's a sign of that black exploitation <laughs> era, really. And yeah. he's made it. It's just like this guy. Like he doesn't swear. So what's he going to do? It's just like well, it, it make kind of makes sense in a way. Um, but I'm really liking. It. I've got one episode left to to watch, and they just revealed like the second half of the season. The big bad's got his super weapon. I just looked at it and went, oh man, <laughs> like why? <laughs> why have we gone this route? Um, but other than that, I've really enjoyed it. I like again. They, Netflix do this all the time. The casting is incredible. Yeah, I, I think it generally is uh, for pretty much every Marvel property. I mean, I've only seen like six episodes of Series One of Agents of Shield and one episode of Agent Carter. But in terms of like the Netflix stuff and the movies, they're they're just spot on with with their their heroes and to a lesser extent the villains. And yeah. It's just the casting in general has just been so solid for Marvel. You think, like, I remember when um, they announced Kristen Ritter was going to be uh, Jessica Jones, and my only exposure to her had been through the uh, through Breaking Bad, and I was just like, she can't be Jessica Jones. And you watch her, and she's fucking she's awesome. Really good. <laughs> yeah, and I find it interesting that they've taken these characters who are super strong, and it's showing, especially with Luke Cage, like. I was I was talking to my wife about this about the way he in his fight scenes he's he doesn't look like he's fighting and the thing is is like yeah and then it clicked in my head is like well he he couldn't because if he actually threw a punch he would kill someone yeah so like like one point he just flips the guy punch, yeah. he, or just backhands him and he goes across yeah. the room and it's like that's probably the only way he could do that without uh, killing people you know because I did I did that did actually cross my mind but I didn't actually think of it from that respect because I I kind of. The way I thought he fought was almost like a, a bear lazily swatting at yeah. things. Just, he never kind of put any force into it, but it does make complete sense. It has, has to be gentle. I'm a bit disappointed there's... Because um, you know in the first episode where the guy punches his face and his hand shatters? Yeah. Kind of a, like, disappointed there wasn't kind of more of that because it just kind of seemed that... I think any other times there was kind of... Someone had a like a punch at him or something like that. It never had like the same effect. Yeah. But then I think the, uh, they kind of made a point of saying that the... 
the henchman who punched him was kind of famous for for beating people up so i guess he kind of threw more force into it but it was yeah. still just an awesome scene to just, just see him stand there and have you know this guy's bones are breaking around him and to see uh like i i have to give props to um thea rossi who plays shades who is a, a guy he's much like the guy who plays scarf um yeah frank frank way I'm a, Possibly. Um, but like people you recognise uh, from things. So Theorosi, he uh, he was in Sons of Anarchy, um, but he plays a very menacing shades. Like that's a really yeah. he he does it really well. And again, I was trying to I was talking to my wife about it because we watched it together and just describing what he is. And she's like, "Oh, he's going to do this." Like, no, no, he's not. He's a manipulator. Like he's just like he's in it for himself and he knows what he's doing. Yeah, I I mean by. By the end of it, like I, I think Shades probably came out as one of my favourite characters of that. Like, yeah. Obviously discounting Luke, but I mean Shades well, yeah. was just I think possibly yeah, one of my favourite characters of the entire series. Yeah. And I um and uh oh what's her name, what's her name, what's her name? Alfred Alfred? Alfred Woodard? Uh, uh yeah, Alfred Woodard. Yeah. Who who I've seen routinely playing good guys and to see her just like just seeing a break across the across the series and just drift <laughs> drift into that evil and it was like it's always been there, and it's like <laughs> every time she's just looking at that photo of a of a is it a mum? I think it is. Uh, was it her aunt? Can't remember how she. I, I always got confused about how that family was all related. But yeah, um, <laughs> of a, what, uh, the what, Ma Ma whatever it was, yeah. Ma Dillard, whatever she was called. Whatever. <laughs> Either way. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just uh, it's been it's been really good, really really good, and I'm kind of I'm kind of annoyed that it's going to end. I don't know how it's going to end because they've just got one episode to say, hey, hey wrap everything up. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm kind of interested as well because the um, uh, this is obviously going to skirt around as many spoilers as I can, uh, and maybe we'll do a spoiler cast at some point. Is I'm the um, sure I spoiled a lot of it in this last conversation? <laughs> so I'm sorry about uh, that. <laughs> well, it's been out for a little while now, I guess. Uh, anyway, um, but yeah, it's weird because the way it ends feels more like it wants to roll straight into Luke Cage Series 2, but before then, The Defenders is going to happen. So, it's like... Yeah. It's, yeah, I found... I think that was probably the, the one thing I really didn't like about the end, is the fact that it... Because I, I, I knew, you know, it's not going. we're not going to see Luke Cage 2 next. But it's like, it feels like the stuff that it wants to bring back and kind of bring back into the fold and tie up or... We'll kind of yeah, look at again. It's probably going to have to be glossed over quite a lot and quite quickly to get the defenders up and running. When does we see coming out actually? Um, Iron Fist is early next year, so defenders summer to autumn next year. Because mm. they've just announced not Iron... Iron Fist. Yeah, Iron Fist is March next year. That's either going to be really good or terrible, <laughs> and I don't know which one it's going to be. Well, they've all been good so far, so I know. Yeah, but it's. I know you could say this about Luke Cage, but Iron Fist really... Uh, I don't know. It's He's a character who gets one really good punch a day, and then yeah. he has to let his chi refresh, and then he does it again. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, he's the billionaire Buddhist monk and martial arts expert. It's like, oh, come on. How is it going to... Oh, I'll tell, tell you what I do love about this entire the set of the Marvel stuff across Netflix is Rosario Dawson. And how she just rolls in as a nurse, <laughs> just constantly as night nurse, and it's it's a nice continuation. The fact that in Luke Cage, this is a minor spoiler, where she's just like, 
oh, I've lost my job, what can I do? And she's like, well, you could help these superheroes. She's like, yeah, I might do that. And I, I think that's clearly what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think from, from the get-go, it's kind of obvious that's where her character was going to go. Well, I thought it was like, oh, she'd just be like in the hospital and she just treated them, but not actually, you know, just wandering around meeting them all. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm wondering, because I'm assuming that maybe Luke Cage 2, Series 2, and Iron Fist Series 2 maybe Heroes for Hire Series 1. Ooh. I'd like it to be. Yeah, um, So I'm wondering if, if maybe the, in, in the back of the, the office will be the, the first aid station and Rosario Dawson will be there kind of treating them every day. So what are you guys doing? <laughs> so yeah, go watch Luke Cage. It's pretty cool. Yeah. All right, so uh, thank you very much for listening to the inaugural, I guess, episode yeah. of uh, Mostly Playing. It sounds weird uh, saying this, the inaugural one. <laughs> <laughs> the first ever episode? I yeah. don't know. Anyway, uh, hopefully, I don't know, I think every two weeks we were going to aim to try and get a podcast out. Yeah. Um, um, time permitting, we'll see. Um, yes. But we'll try and keep it semi-regular the best we can. Uh, hopefully we'll put some uh, more content on the blog before too long. It's gone a bit neglected recently because I've been moving house and Steph's been busy at work, and now that I'm settled, uh, hopefully there'll be some more content, some more videos, and some more written stuff before too long, which would be quite oh nice. God, yeah, I've got so much writing to do. Like, it all just got <laughs> put on hold. Uh, yeah. But yes, we, we will hopefully be updating we'll do, yeah, every two weeks of the podcast, hopefully, and hopefully at least once a week with some, some content. Yeah. That was the aim. Uh, yeah. Either from me or... From Mark, it really depends on what's going on and what we can come yeah. up with. But, yeah. And as you've heard from this episode, there's like three or four thousand videos we want to make as well. So <laughs> <laughs> watch out for those in the near future, I guess. Yes, and thank you very much for listening. And we will yeah. see you next time. Yeah, until next time. Sweet Christmas. Sweet Christmas.